Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Hey, what's good? This is Blair Angulo with the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast, joined by Southeast Recruiting Analyst Andrew Ivins here. And it's a, a special edition of the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. We're also coming to you on the College Football Daily Feed. And it's a special reason because signing day uh, was here. And it, it's the real signing day, Andrew. Uh, would you say now that officially a few years into this early signing period, that this has become that marquee day in recruiting? Yes, absolutely, 100%. How did, how did you live it, by the way? Because we, we are both exhausted. Um, I got up, worked out at 5.15 a.m. Uh, I think I took my dog for a walk at, at 6.15, and then from there on out, I sat at my kitchen table with uh, three computers going, and I, I think I just wrapped it up. At, at, I moved to a different room at, at 7.30 p.m. No, I like it. Uh, being on the West Coast, I know you're an East Coast guy, but being on the West Coast, that accelerates it even further for us. You know, so I'm, <laughs> I'm up at like 3.30 to 4. I'm, I'm up late because I'm trying to chase information. It, it's a very hectic day. But we're here to discuss the winners and the losers and, and some of those programs that were in between for National Signing Day. Let's start at the top, the number one program in the composite team recruiting rankings Alabama, they continued to flex their muscle, and they are definitely a winner on, on National Signing Day. Yeah, man. Nick Saban is king. Uh, you, you said it flex the muscle. There wasn't much real buzz about Alabama coming into Wednesday. What do I mean by that? Like, we knew there was a, a chance they could potentially flip Xavier Worthy, uh, the top 24 or 7 receiver uh, from Michigan, but there wasn't much smoke out, out of after that. You know, Steve Wiltfong, the director of recruiting at 24-7 Sports, early on in the morning, I think he, he logged a crystal ball forecast for Keanu Coat out of uh, Florida to flip from LSU to Alabama. That ended up happening. And then out of nowhere, um, Alabama flips top 24-7 wide receiver JoJo Early from LSU. So, milk, man, like no one recruits like Nick Saban, and he showed that. On Wednesday, um, they only strengthened their hold on the nation's number one recruiting class. And it was, it was pretty dang impressive just how they pulled that off. I mean, if you are someone recruiting against Alabama, I would be worried until that fax comes in, no matter what the kid is telling you. You know, I, I know this is a football podcast, but I think of that basketball term bully ball, right? Where you're just going to post up, you're going to feed it <laughs> down low. And I'm going to do whatever I want with this ball. I feel like that's what Bama can do on the recruiting trail. And whatever battle that they want to be involved in, 
they will be able to muscle their way to the top. And, you know, all the talk that we had during this recruiting cycle with Ohio State, right, and the start that they had, and we all wondered, can anyone catch Ohio State? Well, it's pretty laughable now when we think about it because Alabama is Alabama. On the flip side, though, a loser also on National Signing Day, unfortunately for Auburn and their fans, to have to go into a signing day after dismissing your head coach a, a few days before, um, it didn't set up nicely for the Tigers. No, and Auburn got some some kids in the boat, um, whatever is left of that staff, or I, I don't even really know what the interim, who, who exactly is there and, and who isn't. We know Gus is out. I mean, Auburn paid, what, $21 million um, to basically kick him out three days before the early signing period. And uh, like I said, they got some guys, flipped a kid, Amari Diamond, uh, a cornerback uh, from it, right there in the state, who I, I really liked at the Alabama-Mississippi All-Star game when I had a chance to see him a, a few weeks ago. But, you know, it wasn't the signing day it could have been. Um, I, I was talking with Steve Wiltfong, you know, our colleague a few days ago, like right when they fired Gus, and I'm like, man, they were about to clean up. Uh, I, like we thought in, in the – the intel was suggesting that they were going to get five-star linebacker Terrence uh, Lewis, four-star linebacker Trayvon Wallace, Armani Goodwin, a, a top 24-7 running back out of Alabama. Like, all those guys were trending to him. Dante Balfour, a, a lengthy corner out of Florida. And then George Wilson, a pass rusher from Virginia Beach. You know, all these guys were – I don't know if they were silent, but they were leaning and considered Auburn leans – and Auburn didn't get any of them. And there's a few other kids that ended up not signing. Tavares Dawson, he's a, a kid out of the Fort Myers area in, in Florida, one of the fastest kids in the Sunshine State. He's not going to sign. And since he's announced that he's opening it back up, both Mississippi State and Texas A&M have offered. So not the ideal day. But look, that's the reality. You want to fire your head coach or dismiss him part ways, whatever you want to call it, three days before uh, the early signing period, that's going to put you in a pretty bad spot. Yeah, and, and, you know, staying in the SEC, one of the, I think, lasting moments uh, of signing day was Lane Kiffin coming out in the Mary Flipmas sweater. Oh, gosh. And there's always a moment on signing day, right, whether it's a recruit pulling out a, a, mini, a mini tree or a baby bulldog or, or, you know, putting on the glasses or whatever it may be, uh, you know, a parent storming off of the stage. Uh, we missed that uh, on this signing day, obviously with the pandemic yeah. creating a lot of issues. But thank you, Link Kiffin, for coming to the rescue with, with this lasting image of this signing day. I mean, can we order that sweatshirt somehow? Well, I, first off, number one, as soon as I saw it come across my, my timeline, I looked it up. You can purchase it. I don't know who's selling them, but if you, if you Google it, I'm, I'm going to guess right now, by, at this point, they're probably sold out, right? But that, that sweatshirt's awesome. I wrote in, in the story that's on 247sports.com, like there's going to be a ton of flipness t-shirts under a Christmas trees uh, in, in a few weeks. Cause Lane basically teased that a big Wednesday was coming for the rebels and he delivered, they flipped MJ Daniels, uh, a top 24 seven athlete from rival Mississippi state. And I think that's a monster win. Again, MJ is another kid. I had a chance to see at the Alabama Mississippi all-star game, He's super long, um, two-way player. Honestly, from, from what I, he told me, and, and I kind of looked this up, he could have been drafted uh, in the MLB early on, but he's, he's given up baseball. He's going to focus on football, which makes sense. I mean, he's a lengthy corner, uh, and 
he was all Mississippi State a few days ago. I mean, all Mississippi State, but Lane kept chipping away behind the scenes and got it done. And I think that's a monster get for them. Some other guys, uh, they got Marquevious Brown, a, a cornerback down from right, right in my neck of the woods, Pokey, Florida. Uh, they got him. But the, the big picture thing is, look, it wasn't too long ago. Lane Kiffin's class was ranked in the 70s uh, in the 24-7 sports composite team rankings. They're, they're going to wake up Thursday morning somewhere in, inside the top 20. And that's, that's a heck of a job. Yeah, I know. And, and it's very impressive. And, and I think he knows how to work the room. And you can see how calculated every move he makes, whether that's the intent for him to go viral or to catch the attention of recruits or their family or their parents. Uh, he does things very specifically targeted to be able to rile up and to get some of that interest. So very smart of Lane Kiffin to do that. Speaking of, of smart, uh, Mike Leach believed and, and thought to be one of the smartest coaches in, in America. Um, but Mississippi State didn't have uh, the day that I'm sure he envisioned as his first true early signing period day in, in charge of the Bulldogs. Yeah, I mean, you know, he was there for what part of last the, the 2020 cycle. Some people will call that the first class meet player me and you we both work in, in the industry. We know that you're working behind the eight ball. I mean, for anyone to judge you on that a, a transition class isn't really fair and this was uh, Mike Leach's first real crack at it. And when he was hired and arrived in Starkville, the big question is, how is he going to recruit? What is he going to be able to do? Um, and I think we got a little bit of an answer. This is a small sample size, but it seems like when uh, push comes to shove, maybe he's not the best at winning these SEC recruiting battles. We mentioned MJ Daniels. Man, this kid was at in Montgomery, Alabama, you know, flashing Mississippi State gloves to me all week. I think his parents, I, I talked to his dad, I think, I, think, I think his parents wanted him at Mississippi State, uh, and he ends up signing with Ole Miss. So, I mean, that was a close battle, probably one where it wasn't initially in, in Ole Miss's favor, uh, and, and they get it done. And they, meant, they lost some other guys. It wasn't just MJ Daniels, Malik Neighbors, who I think was probably the steal of the class for Mississippi State, top 24-7 wide receiver, um, out of Louisiana, he ended up flipping to LSU. Um, there, was a, there was another junior college linebacker that also flipped from Mississippi State to LSU. So not the ideal kind of day for Mississippi State, not what they were expecting, um, you know, heading into the holidays. Yeah, and it's interesting to note, though, that Mike Leach, wherever he's been, he's been very active in the transfer market. And the NCAA <laughs> Division One Council did announce – that there will be a, a blanket year, right, where uh, transfers will be immediately eligible heading into uh, this next season. So I, I would expect Mississippi State and, and Mike Leach to try to regather themselves, restock up that roster, and continue to build things uh, for for um, you know for the future. There, we will be right back here after this break. You're listening to the 24/7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
We are back on the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. I am Blair Angulo, joined by Andrew Ivins. He covers recruiting in the Southeast for 24-7 Sports. And uh, he likes to take his walk, uh, his dog out for, for walks <laughs> early in the morning. I mean, d- d- does your dog ever give you any, any uh, you know, maybe some, some nags or, or a little bark there saying, hey, man, this is way too early for me? Oh, yeah. Like, I try to wake him up when I, when I got up at five. He did not get out of bed. He was like, <laughs> this is a no-go. Yeah, and, and it's rough. I mean, signing day – like I said, it's, it's a whole day event. Um, it, it's, it's, it's actually, it's fun to cover, but there are times where my brain gets a little mushy and uh, it, it's cool that you, you know, you're able to get up early and kind of get the, the day started. It's a long day and, and it's a culmination, yeah. I think, of the whole recruiting cycle. So in that regard, it's, it's pretty, it's a pretty cool experience. We're continuing to talk the winners and losers of national signing day. Let's, let's hit another winner. Andrew, and, and let's talk LSU. Now, this one's a, you know, they, they did lose some guys, especially right. the two that we mentioned uh, to Alabama. But overall, you have to like what Ed Orgeron was able to do. Yeah. I mean, look, they got punched in the face early on in the morning when Keanu Coat flipped to Alabama. Um, they took another, you know, uppercut when JoJo Early flipped. But with all that being said, you got to credit what Ed Orgeron did. Uh, and you're supposed to recruit well after you win a national title. But 2020, there's been, I, th- I think, a little of a hangover on the field. Season hasn't gone as great. So this thing could have very well fallen apart. Um, and it, it kind of went the opposite way. I, I think aside from the 2D commitments, you got to look what LSU did. They, they secured and got a signature from five-star defensive tackle, Mason Smith. You know, he's an in-state kid. All signs pointed to him going to LSU. But I think there was times when, you know, maybe it was trending to Georgia. Miami was involved in that recruitment. So the fact that they got that over the finish line is pretty impressive. We already touched on Malik Neighbors. You know, I think he's a really special player. I know, I know Barton Simmons, who is on the rankings council with us, he, like, he thinks he could be a, a starting Power 5 DB. The schools are probably going to use him as a receiver. Armani Goodwin is a, is a running back who, to be honest, I didn't really know much about uh, heading into the Alabama-Mississippi all-star game. He was awesome, I thought. You know, he's he's small, undersized, was an Auburn commit. I think, like I uh, when we were talking about Auburn, like I think he was going to sign with the Tigers, and then Gus Malzahn, um, you know, he gets dismissed, and that opened the door for LSU to, to get in, in, in there. And I think there's a, a few more guys that could potentially, you know, add before the end of the signing early signing period. You know, it's, it's 7.50 right now, uh, Eastern time. I don't know what that is your time, but they're, they're also trying to make a run at uh, Bryce Langston, a, a defensive lineman from the state of Florida. You know, a lot of people thought he was a, a lock to end up with the Gators, uh, but they didn't send him any paperwork. We're kind of expecting to sign in, in February in LSU. You know, I, I think once they lost Keanu Coat, they're like, hey, let's go get this guy. So it'll be interesting to see come Friday if, if he's a member of that class. Yeah, on the loser's side, Minnesota, uh, I think, is another program that we can uh, confidently put into that column. Uh, I know Avante Dickerson was the top 24-7 cornerback that uh, basically said that he's going to be pushing back his his commitment. And speaking with Alan True, who covers the Midwest for us at 24-7 Sports, four-star defensive end Devon Townley is another 
prospect that seemed to be leaning towards Minnesota, but now you could be pegging potentially headed to uh, Arizona State, and he's also going to wait. So uh, Minnesota obviously went into the season with a lot of hype and a lot of buzz, and they've been doing a lot of really good stuff in the offseason in recruiting, uh, but weren't exactly able to close the deal uh, heading into this early signing period. Yeah, look, we knew coming into this, I think Blair, guys in your region, guys in my region, we knew kind of like, hey, you are not, these guys aren't signing early, and it's for this reason, you know. Um, Avante Dickerson was a surprise on Wednesday morning. I know he tweeted out, hey, I'm not signing with my teammates. I'll be at my school, but I'm not doing interviews. That's, I mean, that's kind of status quo in 2020. If you're going to put a tweet out about your recruitment, you know, no Hashtag interviews. Or no what. interviews. Yeah. I know it well. I know it well. <laughs> I mean, my question is that these kids is like, how many people are really like asking you for an interview? Because most of the time, if like news happens, I'm just trying to get a story out there so it hits on a Google search. <laughs> like, and yeah. it talking to you right away is not the priority. Um, but anyways, it, Dickerson, yeah, he was a surprise. You know, there's a few other kids at other schools. Uh, Isaiah Johnson, you, you mentioned Arizona State. He, he didn't. He's he's a highly ranked kid out there in California. He didn't sign. Uh, I think that had to do more with grades, but Dickerson, it didn't. And I think that's because Nebraska's just kind of gotten involved. You know, he's the top kid in, in the state of Nebraska. And Scott Frost and his staff, uh, even though Dickerson committed to Minnesota, they weren't going to back down and all that. So it's interesting to play out to see how it plays out. But I think what's also notable about this is, like, last year, after Minnesota put together the 2019 they had, P.J. Fleck and his staff, man, they, they kind of did what they wanted on the recruiting trail. I remember there was a – a guy down down here in Florida, I'm drawing a blank on his name right now, that, that Miami was trying to flip it, and Minnesota wouldn't even let the kid take a visit. So interesting how things have changed. Flipping back over to the winner's section, we have to talk about the two L.A. schools. Now, Andrew, they both went in facing off against each other for several recruits. Uh, there were some wins on the USC side of things. There were some wins on the UCLA side of things. But let's start with Jackson Dart. He's a fast-rising quarterback who had a, a very impressive season, a, a senior year in the state of Utah, broke basically every state passing record, and he commits to USC early in the morning uh, over UCLA, giving the Trojans another top 24-7 quarterback to pair with Miller Moss. And then they also went to the state of Texas and got three-star wide, three wide receiver Joseph Manjack who I know has a lot of fans in that USC office. Um, so whenever you add a, a high caliber quarterback and a high caliber receiver, especially with an offensive attack like USC, you have to like what you did on national signing day. I think the story is here, how Clay Helton and his, his coaches have been able to get two elite arms, you know, it, it's hard to do these days, I, I think. And it's honestly impressive because Jake Garcia was committed to them as as well at, at one point and they went and, and got Jackson Dart. I mean, at, you want to have competition within your program and to get two guys that seem not to mind the other one being there says a lot. So I, I, I think it's impressive what they did. Uh, Blair, my question to you, I mean, you, I've seen Jackson probably more than anyone else. Like, what do you think his ceiling is? And, and, and just what's, what makes him different from Miller Moss? Like which one would you rather have? Uh, I know both of them and I hope they don't listen to this podcast, but honestly, if I'm being real, I, I would take dart and I know Miller Moss is the higher ranked prospect, but I feel like his ceiling is higher than Miller Moss's ceiling. Uh, Miller Moss's floor might be higher. 
I, I feel like Jackson Dart could be boomer bust, but I like the potential for Dart to be that Sam Darnold type, right? That program changer, that guy that is going to be able to win you two or three games that you had no business winning uh, during a college football season. Uh, Dart has that it factor that I love. He's a gamer. He has that aura. Uh, I'll tell you a story. And, and, and I want the, the listeners to, to hear this because it's pretty cool. I was in Las Vegas for the battle seven on seven tournament in February. It was Valentine's Day weekend. I'll never forget it. My wife was angry that I left town. I was in Vegas watching a team from Texas with a number of four stars including Caden Salter, the Tennessee quarterback commit who signed with the Bulls uh, today. And they were playing the Utah team, which featured Jackson Dart. And they do a pregame handshake. They do a coin flip or whatever to see who's going to get the ball first. And Caden Salter asked Jackson Dart who he was and how many stars he had and yada, 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 right? It's friendly banter. It's a Texas team with, with, all the, with, you know, with all the confidence in the world, and they're playing this team of nobodies, essentially, from the state of Utah. And Caden Salter says, all right, you know, I'm going to show you what a four-star looks like. Jackson Dart had three stars to his name at the time, and you know, he was essentially had no offers. Jackson Dart won that game, and then after the game, he, he said what he had to say, right? He, 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 you can basically guess what he said. And so that's the kind of player that he is. And I feel like he has that confidence. And even though Jake Garcia was committed, even though Miller Moss was committed, I think he had his sights set on being the next USC Trojans quarterback. And there's something about that that I have to gravitate towards if I have to pick one of the two. Give me that guy in my program. It, it, it's funny. I, we're, I don't want to go on a huge tangent here, but – I remember running into Mac Jones, Alabama's current quarterback at a camp. He was wondering where Tua was and he did not have kind words to say about Tua at all at the time. Like he was that confident that he was better than Tua. I was like, what? This is kind of crazy. Tua is the guy that's ranked higher than you and look at him now. I mean, Heisman favorite. So give me those guys uh, uh, in my huddle. Yeah. And, and so you have to credit USC for going after two guys, like you said, that are not afraid of that competition and are now going to view it as a challenge to beat the other one. And by the way, Miller Moss and Jackson Dart trained together in Southern California. Mm -hmm. They have been training together for over a year. So they know each other very well. And uh, it's going to be a fun battle to see what happens between those two. UCLA, despite losing on Jackson Dart, they managed to flip Quinton Somerville. He's a four-star defensive end from the state of Arizona. He was committed to Michigan since the summer. He commits to the Bruins. And then they beat USC for Devin Kirkwood, a four-star athlete from Gardena Serra, and um, you know, managed to flip him back. He had already decommitted from UCLA recently. Uh, they got him back in the fold despite losing that game last weekend. Um, so a, a nice day for Chip Kelly, who continued to, I think, show that he's now getting a grasp of things. And, and I know in our text thread, you said he's got Jordan Brand behind him now. Yeah, well, I was, I was going to ask, is this the reason why, like, he all of a sudden uh, got all these kids? I mean, no, like, I, I think this is a sneaky good finish. Like, is this not being, t maybe I'm all the way on the other side of the country, um, but as I was assembling this story, I'm like, whoa, UCLA kind of, like, did some work here, like, more than most schools. The Quentin Somerville, you sniffed that out really early in the morning. I like Josh Moore, uh, the kid out of the Atlanta area. He's a four-star safety. Um, the, the fact 
that they are able to talk him into playing in, in Los Angeles uh, that far away from home. I, I think that says a lot. And it sounds like this class could get better by Friday because Deshaun Morrell, a, a, a four-star running back, I think we at 24-7 sports are a little bit higher on him than everyone else. Uh, he's going to announce Friday, and, and it sounds like uh, UCLA is the leader in the clubhouse. But no, it, yeah, impressive he had job. Been committed, he had been committed to UCLA for a long time, backed off after getting an offer from Penn State recently. Um, but they, they continue to push and, and try to get him back in the fold. And they are in on a number of prospects that we'll announce in January heading into the February signing period. And like with Michael Leach, I mentioned it with him trying to go into the transfer portal. Chip Kelly in his, in his press conference today discussing the 2021 class said that he, he intends to be a player in the transfer portal now that the immediate uh, transfers are, are eligible. And, and, and uh, I think he realizes that this is his time now to kind of restock and, and really identify some places in his roster where he needs um, some help. Uh, TCU, Andrew, also had a, a pretty solid day and, and they would qualify as a winner as well. Yeah, it was real quiet, I think, in the in the Big 12. Like, there yeah. wasn't a ton of announcements. I mean, look, if you're a fan of these programs, it's, it's still exciting. You're signing all your guys like you're supposed to, but it wasn't – there wasn't a ton of flips. You know, Savion Bird, the top 24-7 offensive lineman out of the Dallas Metroplex, he picks Oklahoma. I mean, was that a huge, huge win, I, I guess? I mean, nothing, nothing too crazy. But TCU, they actually ended up adding – Four four stars, if you kind of add it up. So they got Sam Jackson, a quarterback who was previously committed to Purdue. He decommitted, I think it was last week. They get him in the class. Uh, Amante Watkins, a, a four-star out of running all-purpose back out of Louisiana. They get those two guys. And, and then they go and they find two, two kids from last year's cycle that I'm not sure exactly if they're, if they're playing somewhere or, or if they're at a junior college. You know, most junior college seasons – so in some places didn't take place at all, uh, but they add DJ Rogers as a tight end and then Quincy, Bur uh, Quincy Brown, excuse me, a, a wide receiver. They also got some other guys, Marvin Covington, who I know we've talked about in the rankings council all the time. He's a under the radar kid uh, with track speed. You know, I think he's like 10, six and hundred meter dash. Um, they get him. So it was a good finish. I think for TCU, uh, an encouraging finish. So those were the winners and losers. Uh, there were a few programs that were somewhere in the middle. They won some, they lost some. Michigan and Miami are the two notable schools that we can point out. Uh, Michigan got Donovan Edwards, the, the five-star running back, and that was huge. They kept Xavier Worthy, who is known as Flash, out here in California for his speed. And uh, he, it seemed like he might flip to Alabama at some point, but Alabama had already flexed his muscle enough, and then I think they, they were trying to take it easy on, on some folks. Uh, so Michigan is able to hang on to Xavier Worthy. Uh, but they did lose Somerville to UCLA, and they also lost Brandon Jennings to, to Maryland. So kind of an up-and-down day for Jim Harbaugh and company. And then Miami, uh, I know you follow very closely. They, they're also somewhere in the middle for us. Yeah, Miami, get, they get Jake Garcia. We, we already touched on him, um, the, the quarterback out of Los Angeles, spending his senior season at, in Georgia. He's at his fifth high school in four years. It's a pretty – unique story, but he is playing football. His team is two wins away from the state title. Uh, so he's a longtime USC commit in Miami. You know, they had a, a, a top 20, top 25 recruiting class throughout the cycle. The one thing they were missing was a quarterback and they were a little, you know, in a unique spot because they hired a new offensive coordinator, then no one could visit anywhere. So 
They didn't have any options. Jake is one of the few arms in the class of 2021 that actually visited. So they kind of circled him, kept chipping away, chipping away, chipping away. Eventually, he opens it back up. He comes down this past weekend to tour Miami on his own with his mother. They attend the Miami-North Carolina game. It's a disaster for Miami. Um, normally, the, the rule of thumb in recruiting, follow the visits, especially in a year where kids are paying their own way. Uh, but this was not a slam dunk for Miami. Arkansas made a late push. I think there was at one point where he was actually going to commit to Arkansas. Uh, but credit Manny Diaz and, more importantly, offensive coordinator Rhett Lashley. They talked Jake into signing, and, and that's a big one. So the, Miami wins there. But where I think they really lose is they don't get a cornerback. Uh, right now they only have five scholarship cornerbacks on the roster. They really, really needed to add someone, and they weren't able to flip Jaden McBurrows, a local kid from Michigan. So that really stings. They're going to have to get in the transfer portal there. Um, but you would think eight and two season, um, you are low in numbers at a certain position. Like how could you not get a kid in your backyard? So up and down day for Miami. Uh, I know, but up and down for Michigan as well. Maybe they're leaning towards more a positive day, but uh, that, that was just kind of my read on those two schools. Yeah. And, and I feel like with the transfer portal, I'm sure there's going to be several corners that are one aware that that turnover chain, I, I would assume, right? Yeah. I mean, or they want to go to UCLA and get some Jordans, man. Like, I don't know. I think that's going to be, I think it, I'm on to something there. It's going to be wild. It's going to be a free agency. I would call it. I mean, it, honestly, if, if immediate eligibility is now on the table, uh, things could get a little crazy and Lane Kiffin might have to get a few more uh, sweatshirts to, to wear around town. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're over here talking like the cycle's over. We're going to, you know, vacation a little bit. No, it's just going to keep getting ramped up more and more just because all these kids are going to be in the portal. Yeah, well, before I let you go, do you, do you go through your phone and, and start unfollowing a, a, lot of, a lot of players on, on your Twitter account? Because I do, and, and it's nothing personal. If you're, if you're a recruit and you're listening to this, don't take it personal. I just, I, I don't need my timeline flooded with news that I no longer need. Yeah, I, I, I've, I've purged. Purge is the word. Yeah, it's unfollow um, season, I think. Yeah, and you know, like I, I would say I probably unfollowed over 100 kids. And like, look, you, you're also like, once a kid is signed, it's not like they're non-existent to me, but I'm looking for new offers. I'm looking for you being on a visit, top fives and whatnot. If I'm going to my, my feed, it's for information. Yeah, no, I agree. It's all business. Nothing personal from Andrew Ivins. Andrew, thank you so much for joining us uh, on this edition of the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast, also on the College Football Daily Feed. Uh, thank you so much to everyone tuning in. Uh, Merry Flipmas, and enjoy <laughs> the conference championships in college football this coming weekend. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.